Go. Okay, so I was the discussion leader this session for pages 90 to 120. And the chapters begin off with the key, where we begin to see changes of the school and the norm because of the war and the new government in Satrapi's life. This chapter goes into the theme of self-harm, where actions regarding self-harm are considered respectable. At Satrapi's school, we see that the expression of self-harm is used to honor the dead. In addition to that, we learn that as a young as young boys, going to fight the war means that boys will have a paradise after they die. The second chapter, The Wine, goes into the changes of life because of war. To begin with, much like American prohibition, citizens purposely, purposefully break the law because such laws exist. Also, we get to see that people in Tehran become crazier as a result of the new laws. As Rapi's dad seems to overly depend on alcohol and people abandon their parental instincts. The last last full chapter of this section is called The Cigarette, and it shows that Rapi skipping class as she becomes curious about what it's like to be an adult. After being scolded doing so, she declares her adulthood when she secretly goes to her basement and smokes her first cigarette. Okay, that's my summary, and these are my questions. So my first question is, are the rebellious actions of the people caused by the actions of the government just being unfavorable or an influence of war? To elaborate, say that there was no war, would the people still behave crazily and act the way they do against the government, and why? Oh, so true. my response to that question is, I believe... Oh, wait, sorry, you can go on. Oh, oh thank you. Uh, honestly, I think that even without the war, things like this would still happen. Uh, because, as we know, last time there was a pro-democracy movement, so there was already things that, there were already problems uh, even without the war. The war just made them even worse. Yeah, I agree with you. That's like that's what I said too. As in, so I related the situation to the prohibition where people broke the law not because the economic situation was bad or anything that was happening. It was because they broke the law because. They just didn't like the law in the first place. And I think much of that is similar to here. So my next question is, how would you describe the relationship between Satrapi's, Satrapi and her mom? Uh, well, of course, it's a parental uh, relationship, but I, I'm pretty sure they had a better relationship when she was younger now. She's trying to be more rebellious. She started smoking, which is not very good at all. Uh, she left school in this uh, portion of the uh, book without telling her mother or anything. And she also started to misbehave in school quite a bit more. So I feel like their relationship is a bit worse now when she's growing up. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Since we see that, um, uh, like, yeah, before she could actually understand their mom, and they seem pretty, they seem like an average family. But now, um, you can see Satrapi unable to talk to her mother about her problems, and she even describes her mother as a torture, which, in context of the book, is a lot worse than what without the context. And so for my next question, uh, what influence do you think uh, uh, Satrapi's parents and the people around her have on her? 
And to elaborate on that question, uh, I'd like to add that I don't, my personal opinion on the people around there is that I don't think they're very respectable people because we see almost everybody around there break the law in some way. And we also see that um, her father looks like a bad alcoholic and other problems regarding the people around there. Uh, I also think that, uh, and there was a very good portion of the one of the pages that we were just reading, uh, pages 90 through 120, uh, one of her cousins uh, gave birth to a new child. And after a bomb went off, she dropped the child uh, to the main character and gave it to her right after uh, one of the sirens started to go off. So, yeah, they might be more irresponsible than they should be, and they might have bad. Uh, bad habits. Yeah, that's one of the points I was going to go into. Um, she just abandoned that child with, and that was a newborn child. So I feel like there should be more of a connection because it, something like a newborn is something you should take care of, especially when we have some, we have paternal instincts. But then she just abandoned them and right in front of the main character, which I don't think is a very good um, influence to her. Because after we after that happens, uh, I'm pretty sure the main character says something like, uh, "She gave up all hope on parental instincts or something like that." Uh, I think so. Yeah, parental instincts. Okay, so my next question is: Assuming there is no major time skip, how do you think Satrapi will change after her declaration of a, a, adulthood, or will she remain the same? If so, why? Um. Pretty sure that she's gonna change a lot. I'm pretty sure she did say that she wanted to move to America to be with the one person that she liked uh, when she was younger. But I think she is. She's trying to be more educated than others. I mean, she did. Now she's being more rebellious. So I'm not sure how that's gonna end up. But uh, her mother did state uh, if you want to be. Uh, if you want to survive in this country, you have to be more educated than everyone else. So, if she does uh, manage to do that, I'm pretty sure that she would live a great life. But the war is ba having a bad influence. Maybe by the time she's grown up, there will have been too many problems that have contributed to her lifestyle. Uh, I think that if she can grow, then she will grow rapidly. But as of now, I don't think that her declaration means anything because I think I still see her as ignorant and immature and impressionable. So I don't think that her uh, growth will very much happen, especially just after a declaration. I think some sort like a major event needs to happen for her to make that change. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay, so my last question is, is Iran's way of conscripting soldiers worse than mandatory, conscri mandatory conscription? And why? Hmm. Well, so Iran was ha has more troops and more everything, and then Iraq uh, had more advanced weapons, right? Uh, no, sorry, that's not what I really meant for the question. I mean, like, so... 
No, I know what you meant uh, by the question. I just uh, wanted to remember right. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh. I'm sure that's how it is. Uh, what was the question again? It's, is Iran's way of conscripting soldiers worse than mandatory conscription? So, like, in America during the World War Two, they'd force it. I, I mean, let's get a better example. Uh, Korea, they make uh, Propaganda. young adults. Like, they try to influence uh, people to join the war. Yeah, so like basically Iran brainwashes people to join the war, while Korea makes them join it no matter what. Yeah. Uh, there are probably worse methods of forcing people to join the war, but this one's still pretty bad. Uh, they're trying to influence them through religion, and then they're trying to make up, a, like, they're trying to set up things that they'll never actually earn when they fight and win the war even if they lose the war as well. Basically, people are trying to throw up ideologies at them and just give them something to be hopeful for. These people are all impoverished, so they are pretty desperate already as it is. Now they're trying to throw a religion at them. This is something similar to what's happening right now as well with one terrorist group, ISIS. They try to spread ideologies that they don't even follow themselves, but they use it to recruit other people. I like that connection you made with ISIS. Yeah, I believe that it's also, it's not a good way to conscript soldiers because you're giving them like an empty promise. And to add to that, um, while it may motivate soldiers to fight, it also claims more lives because while the um, regularly conscripted soldiers are not eager to die and are more careful about their lives. I feel like the boys who are brainwashed into believing that they'll get some, um, like valuables when they die, they're more eager to die or they're, or they care about their life less, which makes them die, die, eat like more and more. Anyways, that's the end of my section. Uh, all right. I'm going to do, the second and last section, we have uh, two people in our group absent today, so it's only two of us. Uh, so I was the connector, and I made uh, three connections uh, for with the Islamic Revolution and other uh, world connections as of. So one of the quotes that I decided to choose uh, seemed to refer to the rights and freedoms people deserve to have, and the quote was, uh, all right, well-behaved, so they can hit themselves twice a day, so they can be already covered from head to toe, so that they can be forbidden to play my kid, the kids they are. Uh, so trapping 98. It was on page 98, just saying. And I decided to connect this quote with the democracy demonstration in Hong Kong. During the Islamic Revolution and the Hong Kong protests, they both had to have, they had similar pro-democracy regimes and movements, and I thought that it should be pointed out. Uh, I'm not sure if during the Islamic Revolution, I'm pretty sure during the Islamic Revolution they dropped that whole act because it was starting to get more dangerous because people were getting very radical. Uh, for my second uh, portion of Connector, uh, this quote resembles how easy it is to manipulate people to join a regime and set up propaganda for normal people to get sucked up by. All right, the quote is: "They come back. Uh, they come from the poor areas. You can tell. 
first to convince them that the afterlife is even better than Disneyland. Then they put them in a trance with all their songs. to so Tropy 101. Uh, so it's from page 101. Uh, this quote shows Milton's making ep uh, empty promises to citizens that they abide to their rules and become soldiers. This was a regular practice in multiple wars and conflicts. Even today, one modern-day example is ISIS, and this is due to the fact that ISIS promises those who follow the regime in Islamic paradise, uh, with quotation marks, uh, and a gateway to heaven. They refer to Westerners as infidels and demonize them for the sake of spreading propaganda to increase recruitment. I believe that these practices were similar to those who, uh, in the Islamic Revolution. Alright, for my last quote, this quote demonstrates that people don't worship ideologies as much as their greedy fantasies. Alright, my quote was, where indeed, their faith has nothing to do with ideology. A few bills were all he needed to forget the whole thing. Satrapi 110, the page is 110. Uh, these events occur quite frequently in the ISIS regime. Basically, ISIS tries to spread ideologies that other people agree with, but the reality is that they uh, neglect these ideologies, and the only reason they use them is to attract fighters for the cause. The ISIS regime had a lot of similar traits with the regime during the Islamic Revolution, and this demonstrates how they spread ideologies that will only benefit them and no one else after the war. Uh, so that was my before section. Uh, during my during section, I don't really have anything, so that's basically it for me. Okay, so because there's only two of us, I think we can just call it there. Yeah, there's only two of us today, uh, Hanyi and Christian. Um.